you considered the messages your outfits send? What do you think your clothes say about you? See, style is about the clothes, but it's not really about the clothes. Every day you make choices about what you're going to wear, but what are you communicating? Welcome to Above and Beyond Style. I'm your host, Maria DiLorenzo, and in 2019, I founded MFD Style, where I provide a unique, intuitive approach to personal styling for those ready to embrace a more meaningful look. With this podcast, I'll uncover key elements of where spirituality, psychology, and style intersect, revealing how you can make intentional wardrobe choices that reflect who you really are. So let me ask you, are you ready to transform into your authentic self? Then it's time. Come with me on this journey and together we'll take your style above and beyond style. So hi everybody. Thanks so much for joining me on this adventure of above and beyond style. This is an exciting Um, just kind of dream that I have really been thinking about for a long time. And I'm very, very happy to be joining you in this medium and hoping that you will uh, garner some really interesting insights about the way that style can really inform more of your authentic self. So I thought we would take this first episode and really give you a bit more of the background about me so that you can feel like I'm somebody that you want to welcome into your ears or into your home each week as you listen to these these episodes. Um, And to give you a little bit more of that background sort of framework about why this is important to me and how style and fashion and wardrobe have really influenced sort of the trajectory that my life is on. So it's kind of a an interesting opportunity for me to be able to kind of vulnerably share with all of you about who I am and where I've been and really what brought me here to this point. So I am grateful that you've uh, joined me and that you're going to listen to this even this far. So I guess my story begins um, several years ago and, uh, you know, it really is an opportunity for me to reflect back on where fashion and wardrobe kind of entered the scene for me. So I, on a career perspective, I worked in higher education for a really long time. So I finished graduate school in 2003, and that's what um, really launched me into thinking about working into higher ed. And you know, I guess no big secret here about higher ed, but it was a particular area where I wasn't making big money, but I was doing meaningful work. Um, but I live in an expensive city, so I'm in Boston, Massachusetts, and it became really important for me at that time to have a second job. So what naturally came to me was really thinking about like, I really liked clothes. I always kind of enjoyed fashion, but never really dappled in it. So I got a job at Anthropology, Um, And what an amazing company to kind of kick off this career in some ways, because, you know, if any of you have ever been in an anthropology, there's just like beautiful colors and inspiration galore. And it was an it was an opportunity for me to really start to play with style and really learn. 
And I think back on those early years of me just literally working in the fitting room or on the floor, just running clothes um, and helping customers as they came to the store. But I got to shadow some really fascinating women who were doing personal styling through anthropology from the early times before I think personal stylists were really on the scene in a lot of our um, sort of flagship stores that we see now. And it was a very uh, interesting opportunity for me because I got to watch the way uh, they helped customers really cultivate their own style, um, obviously using anthropology clothes, but but it was it wasn't necessarily about helping customers to dress like the stylist. It was really about helping uncover what does the customer need or what sort of things might best flatter or benefit them. And I think those early years of sort of listening and watching and learning were very instrumental to me as I went down this path of sort of absorbing the way that uh, clients were supported at Anthro. And I'll always be really grateful to that, to that company for opening my eyes to sort of the way that style and fashion can really shape and influence people. So fast forward a few years, um, I worked at Anthro off and on for several years and then uh, left and then started to work at Nordstrom. So another large retail chain, you know, uh, this conglomerate that was just, you know, it's just a whole, whole new world on some levels because uh, it had such prestige on the West Coast. And as it opened more on the East Coast, it really became um, kind of a namesake. And I, again, am looking back at those years of working at Nordstrom and I um, sold designer clothing. It was my first time ever working in a designer department. And again, the mentors of the women who were teaching and showing me not just about how to sell. Of course, there was uh, a desire and a push to do that, but it was really about helping women uncover this part of themselves through style. And again, I just learned so many interesting things about the ways a certain fabric would flatter or benefit someone or the way it would feel on their skin or, you know, maybe they were dressing for a special event in their life and how to make it meaningful through what they chose to wear. So it was these early influences for me. And again, these were all second jobs while I was working full time in higher education. And I think style just continued to just inform how I learned continued compassion for people and really starting to understand um, the struggle that many men and women face around sort of body and body influences and how to dress our bodies and sort of how to show up in clothes that make us feel good. And, you know, I, I was really absorbing that information probably on a more profound level than I even gave credit to then. And it gave me this sort of, I don't know, inspiration, I guess, when I think about how I could really help people. And so Again, in those early years, this was, um, I'm sort of dating myself a little bit, but this is before Craigslist became kind of a, maybe a scary place to um, meet and connect with people. But I was encouraged by some friends and very much 
um, excited about the opportunity of like, maybe I could help other people independently. So like a one-on-one sort of style appointment, if you will, because I had become sort of that go-to person for my friends and family about style and clothing. And um, it really started to pique my curiosity about maybe I could really help people with some of this, not really understanding kind of the larger picture that lands me to today, but really got me into the sort of the helping concept that I think is at the core of a lot of the work I do. And so I, uh, I posted an ad on Craigslist for personal styling support. And I don't even remember the specifics now, but you know, it was pretty general about I'm a stylist and I can come into your home and help you with your wardrobe choices. And those are kind of the early days of closet edits and all of that. And, you know, I, I, my very first client I want to share with you was this really fascinating story of there was a gentleman, it was a man who contacted me and he was colorblind and really struggled with being able to kind of create combinations in his wardrobe because he couldn't distinguish between certain colors or even shades of different colors were, were a struggle for him. And I remember he uh, had a girlfriend and, you know, in our exchange and sort of as I was learning about what he needed help with, he had talked about, well, my girlfriend doesn't know that I've hired you. Um, And so we have to kind of be on the DL about um, how you're coming in and you're helping me, which is just funny now looking back. So I can remember you know, getting his address and finding where he lived and um, telling friends, uh, you know, where I was going to be at what specific time, because, you know, who knows, here I am, this single woman going into this stranger's home um, and really trusting that everything will be safe and fine. And gratefully it was. But um, so I went to help this gentleman and we did kind of, again, the early years of closet editing and really helped him sort of sort through those items that he didn't need to keep and helped him create um, a system for how he could uh, pair and combine certain pieces in his wardrobe so that he knew that they would go, so to speak, because he couldn't really, again, distinguish the colors. And I walked away from that appointment really energized and sort of feeling like, wow, I, I really helped somebody in this space. I gave him strategies and you know different ways that he can now utilize going forward. And it was just such a lovely interaction. And I think back now how grace-filled that was that I got that first client who was kind of un, like non-traditional in some way, but also that genuinely just was open to my help. And I had never worked with a colorblind person before, but I just thought, you know, let me just see what I can do and went into it very open-minded. And I think that really paved the way in some, some capacities for me to see the impact of how style and wardrobe can help and support people and really help them live a life that they can live fully. And that I'm really fast forwarding through a lot of years here, but that's really the impetus for sort of the way style entered the scene for me. And it became something that not only did I just have incredible creative freedom around and loved pairing clothing and colors and shapes and fabrics and 
um, just the kind of the, the creative process that I think many artists sort of get lost in depending on their medium. Well, clothes sort of did that for me. And I quickly discovered that other people needed help with that. And I think for someone like me, who really enjoyed showing up and being present for people and being able to contribute to improving someone's life, that felt like a really natural connection for me. So it's interesting how this has evolved over the years because I sort of dappled in many ways with this independent work. Um, and again, while I was still working in higher education, uh, a beautiful women's boutique opened up um, and uh, a mutual friend of mine, uh, we got, <laughs> I got connected to the owner of this boutique and she was looking for some help with her apparel and perhaps someone that might help manage some of her apparel. And at the time, you know, her primary product was not apparel. It was really more of a home and entertaining store. And for any of you that live in the Boston area, perhaps you remember Pine Straw, um, this beautiful sort of dream that my dear friend Tracy is the owner. She got to really manifest and sort of make real. And I am really grateful for the early years that I entered the scene with Pine Straw to learn small business and a small business owned by a woman and how she started to make some really amazing decisions to help people shop, right? And to learn sort of how to decorate their home and to be thoughtful gift givers. And um, apparel was just sort of the icing on the cake at the time. And I worked for Pine Straw for several years off and on, really helping grow and build her apparel and helping her um, merchandise the apparel in a way that people would uh, find it, you know, attractive. She has an amazing eye for how <laughs> things to purchase. I was always really blown away by her ability to sort of find the right thing that would really sell to her market and her customer. And I was really lucky because I got a lot of creative freedom in that job to learn how to style. And it was sometimes just styling mannequins, right? And learning to put together outfits. And um, she had sort of an anthropology vibe to her store. So a lot of her clothing maybe had a little bit of that bohemian, super colorful um, kind of style. And it was really fun to work with clothing um, in that capacity. And I think back on those years of mannequins and merchandising and so many things that she taught me about how to present an outfit and how to really um, market it to someone so they might want to purchase it. Uh, that was also a training ground in many ways for me because then I got to work directly with the customers that were coming in. Uh, I even had opportunities to work one-on-one -on -one with some of those customers and sort of have private shopping appointments with them and help them maybe sometimes overhaul their whole wardrobe, depending on what they were looking for. But again, I just sort of cumulatively was acquiring all of this experience and these beautiful ways of how style kind of started to, you know, kind of pique my own curiosity around, maybe this could be something big or bigger than I was really giving it credit for. 
So again, um, this is all around the time when I, uh, I also had a really significant event in my life that happened. And anybody that knows me um, knows uh, that my dad died in 2010. And that year, I was still working at Nordstrom, so this is my pre-Pine Straw years. Um, and I had a really um, difficult time with his death because I was very close to my dad. I have a, just a lot of love and admiration and respect for him. And um, he was a tremendous supporter of me on so many levels in my life. And... When he died, um, I was in Boston. I grew up in Texas, and so my, uh, my family is mostly in the South and the Southeast. And I had to leave Boston to fly to Dallas, where I grew up, um, and attend his memorial. Now, this is an interesting point of the conversation that I'm sharing with you because it really, when I think back to sort of the tipping point for me about how style could become something really important, this was probably it. And I remember having to pack for his funeral and the extended time that I was going to be in Dallas and thinking to myself, I just, I couldn't wear black. And that's not to say or to offer any disrespect to anyone who believes that she should always wear black, you know, out of respect or sort of as a symbol of your grief or your mourning of someone who has died. But I just had this really intuitive knowing that I couldn't show up that day wearing black. And because for some reason that signified some kind of closure or darkness or um, I don't, it was just, it felt very cold for me. And I didn't want to feel that in showing up for my dad and celebrating his life. I really wanted to be able to go to his funeral feeling brave and comforted and softened in some ways because death on so many levels can harden us right when we've had significant loss so I think that that choice that simple little thing where I was packing my bag and saying to myself I can't wear black what will make me feel brave and softened and supported and courageous you know, all the things that I needed to feel on the day when I would have to show up and face people and talk about my dad and be with my family in this really difficult time. So I selected, it's funny now, I, I think about this dress and it, you know, it's, I don't guess nothing really ultimately special, but it was special to me. And it was a silk dress that uh, was a wrap dress and I loved wrap dresses and the, the base of the dress was cream and it had sort of a uh, almost like an organic uh, charcoal gray pattern all over it and then on the very bottom of the dress there was a hem sort of a significant hem maybe seven or eight inches wide of another color it was a purple kind of a soft lavender purple that also had this gray pattern on it. 
And I remember putting it on that day, feeling really softened and brave and courageous. All the things that I really needed to feel that day when I had to show up and do this like really hard thing. And I have a picture of myself on that day and thinking, wow, that that girl survived a really hard moment in her life. And for anybody who has lost someone they loved, or particularly, I think if you lose a parent, it becomes pretty transformative in your life. I was 31 at the time when my dad died. And I, I couldn't imagine what life would look like without him sort of physically with me. And so I, I realized at that moment, again, on some very fundamental level that I'm only able to really articulate to you now, that I was able to show up and do this hard thing because I had a belief in myself that I could do the courageous thing, that I loved myself enough to show up and to be present in this way. And I made a choice about what I was going to wear that would help leverage and support me through this difficult thing. And it would offer me a way to communicate about how I was feeling that day, that I did feel brave and softened and courageous and in spite of the tremendous grief and sadness I was feeling. So I'm sharing this with you now because I think it's important for you and anyone who comes across this podcast to understand that wardrobe and clothing Sometimes it can feel like a really shallow industry or something that's pretty low on the priority list of, of things that we think about or do in a day. But I came to understand from this experience of my dad's funeral and even in many, many more episodes forward, which I'll tell you about more as we go through this podcast But that wardrobe and apparel and style and fashion is one of the many ways that we get to communicate our authentic selves. And when we show up authentically in the world and are able to really communicate that truest sense of ourselves with other people, I am grateful to say that you're often received with compassion and love and generosity. And I recognize that might not always happen. And I'm not trying to paint a picture of utopia here by saying you're going to wear great clothes and the world's going to receive you perfectly. I, I don't think it's that clear and direct of a correlation. But what I am saying is that clothing has the opportunity to help us move through our lives in a way that feels true to who we are. And I really hope that as we go through this journey about style and the ways that it might intersect spirituality and psychology, my other two great loves, which I'll talk more about in other episodes, um, but there's this really beautiful dance between those three areas that has made up my whole life. And it really helps inform 
how and why I do the work I do and how I believe that if I can share more messages about how we can leverage our wardrobe choices to help us represent the best versions of ourselves, we can really do some of the hardest things in our lives. And we can not only just do them, but we can do them gracefully and with compassion and with a tremendous amount of courage. So that's, uh, that's me. That's for now, that's me. And I'll tell you more about all of this as, as we get through. But I, I just want you to know that my, my hope for this podcast and my hope for you, dear listener, is to start to see the ways that style and wardrobe and fashion can really be a tool for support for you. And I am so excited that you're here and I'm really so, so grateful, really, that I have a chance to tell you more about me and about the way style and fashion has influenced and continues to influence my life. So more to come and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for listening today. If you enjoyed what you've heard, I would appreciate you taking the time to leave a review on the podcasting platform you're using and share this episode with others who you think might really enjoy these conversations about personal style. For more information all about MFD Style services, you can find me on the web at mfdstyle.com on Instagram at mfd underscore style, where I post almost five days a week, or send me an email at maria at mfdstyle.com. I also have a weekly email I send to subscribers, so I will include the link to that sign up in the show notes. So until next time, friends, remember to love yourself and then love yourself some more. <laughs>